Hello, and thanks again for tuning in to another episode of ReptileApartment.com's Living Room. Of course, once again, we are brought to you by Comic Karma, your comic book journey destination, and Mr. Michael McClarty, the host over there. As I said in this episode, we are talking to Brian Potter of the NARBC, or North American Reptile Breeders Conference. It's the only reptile show that tours the actual, uh, well, pretty much the whole United States. And uh, today, Brian talks to us about what it's like to organize the shows, set up, take down his experiences throughout the shows, and uh, talks about just bringing class to the reptile shows. Hope you enjoy it. Here's Brian. Oh, Marco. Oh, I'm sorry. Marco, this is Brian. This is my son, Austin. He's our photographer. This is our videographer, project manager, uh, Brian Potter. He's the one that organizes all the NARBC shows. Great show, by the way. Thank you. Thank yeah, great show. Me and Bob, my partner's Bob Ashley. Oh, Bob Ashley. Sorry. I, didn't, I still haven't met. I don't want to leave him out. He's the quiet one. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, I mean, being to the shows that I've been to, you really see and admire how much work goes into it. Yeah, it is a ton of work. You know, it's like, you know, you're trying to be cool. You're trying to kick everybody out of there as fast as you can. Because yeah. you're trying to go from there to here to do this, and it's like you don't want to be a dick, but yet you're like, dude, I, I got a whole other gig to do tonight. And so you know you're trying to kick your way out of there, but you need to get over to here to do this, and you know, yeah. so you're trying to politely be an asshole. <laughs> well, then, yeah, I know that's like work. So now, what's it like to set up a show this big? I mean, what, um, what nowadays starts with your day? <laughs> okay, like I got to town Monday. Um, Monday we just ran around, did a little bit of like, uh, not much. Monday was chill. Tuesday was pretty chill but run around a little bit visit a couple of the stores make sure they have some cards out some flyers things like gotcha. that see who's helping us out some uh, some of the vendors at triple l and you know those guys yeah prehistoric pets is a big help always okay. um visit with those guys thank them and all that and then wednesday we started getting ready for media stuff we had um we have a public relations firm too that does all a lot of our pr for us, so that's why we end up on fox news good day la this week and we're every year around there oh, okay. um oc register was here with video and, and reporters uh in the past we've had you know cbs and NBC and all that, but this year it was just Fox News deal and OC Register. Um, so then Wednesday, started doing some of that and getting ready, and then Thursday, we had um, Donald Schultz on Good Day LA in the morning, so that was at like 5 in the morning, drive to LA, get there for an 8 o'clock deal, get pushed back to like 9 o'clock, you know, it's just sit and wait a lot, yeah, yeah. and then finally get on air and, and do your you know, do your, your gig, basically, and then nice. get out of there, get back over here, then Friday morning, wake up, get into here, make sure everything's set up, make the pipe and drapes done, get with Freeman decorating, make sure the decorators are all done, Oh, then the vendors start coming in, get every, all the paperwork lined up for everybody who's paid, who, who owes, still owes a little extra money, who wants extra badges, get the badges they already paid for. That goes down Friday morning from noon to nine. Then you get out of there Friday night, go to the bar, hit a couple, and yeah. then wake up Saturday, mo- or Saturday morning, this morning, at five in the morning, get downstairs and get ready for vendors to start checking in to finish setting up, and then 10 o'clock the public comes in. Wow. It's kind of a blur. I said that fast, but that's yeah. not how it goes. Exactly how it goes. You said it fast, but definitely. I, I usually get in here on like it's weird because like the show's coming up for a, you know a, a one month countdown, and then I get to town, and then it's like a three day countdown until it's starting to happen. Right. And then it, it, the minute it happens, like it, I'll be on a plane going home, and it's like anticlimactic, where you just feel like. Like someone killed your dog or something. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. It's like this weird feeling after it's over. It's like it's anticlimactic. It's right. You just you're kind of like let down, but you're not. But you just feel like it's the it's the adrenaline. Right. Wearing out. I'm a deer hunter. I bow hunt, and it's the same thing. Okay. As soon as you kill the deer, it's like sort of that same. There's all this hype, and you get all hyped up until it happens. And then once it happens, you kind of like the adrenaline flows out of you. Right. It's right. Funny. That's awesome. But it's fun. It's good to see everybody. <laughs> and we've been we've been fortunate. Everybody supports us. We get people from all over the world coming. 
coming in. Oh, yeah, it's, definitely. It's fun. Yeah. Now, that's the other thing, too, is this is the only show that I know of that travels to different yeah, states. Yeah, we're the only one. We kind of like, um, yeah. when we first started doing our show, the, the, the first idea to do it was mine. And I, I, cause I live in Chicago, in the south suburbs. Okay. And I, I own Chicago Reptile House. Oh, okay. And, and that's my store there. And so I had the idea, and I met Bob, and I was like, hey, we should do a show like Daytona, but like class it up. Leave a lot of the scumbags that get in there out of there. Right. right. Class it up, make it all cabin born, really, really up the up the uh, quality. Yeah. And, and I, well, I got this new, brand new Holiday Inn and convention that's being built. I got to check it out. So we went there, we did it. It was like, I think we did like 18 months ahead of the time that we were actually doing it. We started planning. So we were telling people October, they're like, like in three, four months, we're like, no, 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 like the next one. <laughs> and so, so finally, you know, and we did it. And, and, and we pulled it off, and then we thought, well, it, the shows are much more regional than people think. There's not a tremendous amount of people that come from more than like an hour and a half away. Right. Most of the people are right. regional. It really is. And so um, we did the Chicago one first, and then we realized, you know, by being so regional, it's like really the, you could put these in in major cities that could could hold up and have the population. Because what you know, what is it? One percent of one percent probably likes reptiles. So you got to have a big population so that when you go down to that small number, there's still enough people to make a show. Right. And that's kind of how we did it. And we bounced around the East Coast. Never we got our ass kicked on the East Coast every time we tried it. We tried Philly. We tried. Virginia, and it was like, you know, Virginia, people say, why Virginia? I was like, if you look at the population, you have Washington, D.C., Maryland, I mean, it's huge amounts of people. Right. It just didn't work. The East Coast right. would just, we would just get our ass, we'd lose 30 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand each time. Do you know exactly why, or have you kind of had We, we don't why? know. I, I, I sort of think it's because on the East Coast, you have some popular shows like the, uh, was it the Ham Show, the Hamburg Show, okay, right. and uh, a couple of other East Coast shows that people are like really just ingrained in their heads at, and... and, and that that's the only show. Yeah, and, and, right. and they're, they're they're not classy type shows. Not, nothing against them, but they're not like no. they're not like this. They're not this, right. this is not. And, and so we tried to bring this there, and it's like it just doesn't. They don't want it. Wow, this is not the right market, basically. Yeah, I yeah. guess. And, and, and in Anaheim, it was like open arms. It really went well here because you guys used to have the San Diego show, right? And then he did he bastardized the whole thing. And instead of having once a year, it was I don't I don't know how many times he went to, but I know he like there was tons of shows. All of a sudden, he was having them regularly. And right. by having them regularly. It's like having the Super Bowl. If you had the Super Bowl every six months, half the people would watch. If you had every four months, done. It's done. And that's what most of these show promoters, a lot of them end up doing is they, they have one show, then they add another show, then they add another show. And all of a sudden, you're just, all you're doing is you're getting people to go, ah, they're looking at your reptile on your table, and they're like, well, I'll get it at the next show. And they don't buy it. There's no urgency. There's no, you know, this, it's a once-a-year deal. You know, there's a lot of guys that are here. If you don't buy it now, it's done. It's gone. Right. I agree. And, you know, that's a problem that's happened on the East Coast especially the southeast you know where they're just so saturated with shows you know what I mean? I mean it works out good I mean you got like that that big promoter um, they do a lot of little shows yeah Repticon Repticon you know and they make a ton of money but their vendors are not yeah a ton of money. these guys you know that, like you know there's, there's ways Bob and I can make more money that uh -huh. would that would be anti-beneficial to the vendors. We're not doing that. I mean, I could hold this thing six months from now and do another one. They'd all come back. Right. I would do okay at the door. You're still going to pull the door. I'm still going to pull the door. But then after that, the, the vendors are going to take it in the ass. You know? Right. So, um, you know, that's, that's, and so that's just, that's a problem that we see happening is that you get greedy show promoters. You know, people can say, well, you have four shows. Yeah, in four freaking different areas of the country. Yeah. I mean, the closest right. thing we have is Dallas and Houston. I think that's six hours. Right, right. The, no yeah. one, we're knocking the door at both those shows. If I pulled you that were at both, that, that walked in as general public for both shows, it'll be less than 2% of the show. Right. That's not a problem. Those right. are dedicated people. They're going to spend money at both shows. They're driving yeah. six hours. Yeah. They're getting a hotel room. They're doing it. 
you know? Exactly. And, you know, it's the availability. But, but to go back to Dallas week. twice in a year or three times in a year, and it, you're it's crushed. Right. Now, how did you originally get into reptiles? I was in the Marine Corps, stationed at Camp Pendleton. Okay. And I was in uh, helicopter squadron, HMLA 267, and we did Hughes and Cobras, and I was I had a good, fair amount of time off. It's, you know, swing with the wing, they say, when you're in the Marine right. Corps, it's yeah. easier. <laughs> and uh, so in all my free time, I was hanging out at Reptile Haven. Right. Chris yeah. Step. Yeah. You guys know that? Chris? Yeah, I know who he is. Chris brought, that's my, like, my reptile daddy. That's who, that's who, I didn't know anything about reptiles at all when I was right. in the Marine Corps. I was, I was scared of snakes, and I, really? wa- I walked into his shop, and I was wow. hanging out, and uh, he's like, I started hanging out there. I was like, I literally in the shop every hour I could be in there that I wasn't at work. And so one day he's like, hey, help this guy with a boa. And I was like, all right. Oh, shit. <laughs> I open up the top of the tank, and I remember to this day, I never forget. I walk up the ladder, and I'm like, Look in there. And I look at him, I look back, and I look at him, and he goes, What are you afraid of them? He goes, Come on, they're baby boas. And I reached in and grabbed one, I was like, Oh, so good. All right, cool. And then that was it, you know, and I, and I had this huge fascination with it. And that was probably a year and a half I had left in the Marine Corps before I got out. And I started talking to him more and more, and I was hanging out with Philippe DeBosley, you know, Philippe? Yeah. And I didn't know who Philippe really was, but like, you know, Philippe, it was me, Chris, Philippe, Bob Mayu would come in and out. Oh, my God. Um, God, I mean, I, I'm trying to think who else. John Ruiz would come in and out. Some of the big guys at San Diego Zoo were always in there. Jeff Lamb. Yeah, all yeah. these guys. And I, and I didn't know who they, you know, to me, they were just, that's Jeff, that's Philippe, that's John. <laughs> and that was it. No, just, just guys, you know. And uh, it was crazy. I'm like, here I am rubbing elbows with, like, the top guys that have done the most stuff. And, and I, don't, I don't even know it. You know, I, I don't have a clue. You know, I'm reading Philippe's books in the Vivarium at the time, which was yeah, there you shit, go. you know. See? Like, oh, man. And uh, I'm hanging out with, like, we go to dinner. It's me, Chris and Steph, Philippe and Philippe's daughter, and uh, you know Chris is over there, and Philippe's daughter's like hot at the time, and close to my age, and Chris is step is like, oh dude, tell them what you do over in the Philippines, and you know this and that. And I'm like, you know, like, <laughs> funny stuff, you know, it's just crazy. And so I hung out with all those guys, and I kept telling Chris, dude, I, I'm gonna move back to Chicago. I'm open up a store. I'm open up a store. And he's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. We're cruising up to LA Reptile on my days off, picking animals. I'm cruising to LA Reptile, and you know, Chris at the time had like carte blanche. LA. He'd walk into LA, we could hand pick in the back rooms and pull stuff and see fresh shipments come in, you know, and Gene would let him go back in there. So I was hanging out there and then, you know, uh, uh, California rep, Victor Calabrese was in there, right. meeting all these guys, you know. And uh, so we were pulling orders and I just got excited and I was like, dude, I'm going to do this. And the more he got to know me, he's like, he knew I was not bullshitting and I was going to actually open a store. And so a guy I was in the Marine Corps with, I said, dude, I'm opening up a store. I said, I need a partner kind of on. You want to do it? And he was from Detroit. And he's like, I'll do it. Yeah. He got into reptile thing. So I had all these animals in my room, which you're not even allowed to have animals. So every inspection night on Thursday night, we would take yeah. all the reptiles. I had a Volkswagen square bag. Oh, nice. We'd go out to my car and pack my whole car full of all the stuff we had, all the tanks and snakes and lizards and all the shit we'd pack in my car. And then we'd clean the room spotless, and the next day we'd have an inspection. They'd leave, we'd get all the shit, put it all back in the room. And uh, that went on like that. And so he got out a year ahead of me, my partner. Stayed hanging out, just he was hunting and fishing and riding quads and screwing around for a year. I got out of the Marine Corps, he moved 
Michigan back down to Chicago with me, and uh, we opened up the store, and that's 17 years now. Wow. And that is awesome. And then s- seven years after I had the store, Bob and I hooked up and did the first Reptile Show, and that's 10 years of that now. Uh, Tinley in October will be the 10th anniversary. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And then, now, do you guys have a set schedule of coming to different towns? Or? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Anaheim is always the first show of the year, technically, for the okay. season. It's September, usually the second weekend. Okay. Uh, October's second weekend is Tinley. New show this year, Houston, Texas, will be Halloween weekend. Wow. And then... Um, we're off then after that until February for Dallas. Okay. And that's the last show of the year. Okay. And basically, uh, people who are vendors that read the blog and stuff like that, I'm sure they can go to the website, uh, which is the NERBC.com, get all your contact information. Yeah, absolutely. And anything like that in case they do want to vendor. Yeah, my cell number's on there. The vendor forms are actually on there. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. What, what would you actually look for when it comes to vendors coming in? I mean, you obviously don't want somebody who's just kind of like... Fly by night. You know, the first year, pretty much, you're, you're going to get in no matter what because I'm not going to do like a background check on you necessarily the yeah. first year. But if we show up at your table, here's the deal. I would have no problem, <laughs> no problem at all walking up to somebody's table that was just totally inappropriate and right. saying, dude, pack up your shit and go. You're done. You're out. I can't have this. You know, gotcha. I'll cut him a check. Here's your 300 bucks back. You're gone. This is not acceptable. Wow. I've never had that happen. Right. We've asked people a couple times, hey, can you put that and that? That's got to go below the table. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's not looking good. That thing's then if we wouldn't buy it as a pet of our own or a breeder of our own, you can't sell it. Wow. So if we walk up, if we walk up and say, yeah, and, you know, and, and of course there's stuff we don't catch. I know that. But if other vendors are, you know, I've had vendors come and say, dude, you got to go see this thing on this table over here. We walk over, boom, hey, whoa, whoa, that's gone. You know? Yeah. That's, that's all. I mean, and we're, we're not rude about it. We're not mean. It's just like, hey, that's yeah, not acceptable. And every vendor has always been totally cool about it. We used to have Mike from Strictly Reptiles. Right. Would come up to Chicago. And Mike would come up and say, bro. Here's the deal. Anything on my table you have a problem with, you let me know. Just approach me gentlemanly, and I'll be gentlemanly back, and it's gone. Because I won't even argue with you. And, and you know, and that's, that's the relationship you have to have with the vendors, because there's certain things with, like, Strictly. Yeah, he's going to bring in some uh, farm-raised animals, but it's cool stuff. Caiman right. lizards or things that are, like, you know, high-end things that, you know, you might let slide, so to speak. But it's, it's cool animals, stuff that stuff that other breeds are going to buy and then breed. And then the next year, maybe they are straight-up captive-borns, things like that. Right, right. Okay. So you can't be just, you know, the captive-born rule, we follow it pretty hardcore. Nowadays, right. pretty much every show is a ball python show. There's no way around that. That's like yeah. that's the most popular thing. That's everybody's working with. It's what everybody wants to buy, right. myself included. You know, it's all I have. Um, so now, speaking of uh, all you have, what? Because you said Chicago Reptile House is your personal uh, shop. Myself and I have a partner on that as well. Guys, oh, yeah, guys in the Marine Corps with. Oh, okay. Another jarhead. Yep. All right. So now, um, what are you guys working on? Pythons. We got in. I've got albinos and pins and spiders and clowns and pastels and pides and uh, yellow bellies and you know not in all the variant. And then of course you know the mix mishmash and mixing right. everything. Okay. So that's what we're you know. But ball pythons are definitely our favorite. Our favorite. Nice. Nice. I, I guess there's other things I like more. I have also have a huge helix monster collection that's up in Seattle. Oh, nice. I've got like uh, almost 40 adult helix. And awesome. uh, so I've got a big collection up with uh, Eric Kreider, a partner of mine up in Seattle. Okay. So we've got a large collection those up there and we produced uh, a fair amount every year actually really? we've, done, we've done pretty well yeah we've actually got 17 babies now right on so very so cool. and, and that being said you know what you're working on now and everything else what do you foresee is like kind of the future for what you do personally and this for me it's just going to be mixing the ball 
animals as the price comes down and dumping them through my store as pets, as beautiful pet snakes. Right. Not a kid coming in that has to have a pair, he has to breed. It's like, no, I want that snake with seven gene mix of ball, ball python with right. seven genes in and I want it to put it in a tank and I'm just going to look at it, you know, and that's it. Because it's going to end up there. There's no, you know, we all see the prices and stuff. It'll, yeah. it'll end up that way. And that's cool, man. It's, it's just fun to do. I like doing it. I love hatching stuff out. The eggs are just awesome. Seeing snake heads pop out of eggs is just, yeah. it's ridiculous, yeah. you know? The one thing I've never done, but I want to, I want to see a tortoise hatch out, you know? Oh, really? I've never, oh, I've, never cool. I've never hatched tortoises, but to me, that's like, it's like a little alien popping out. Yeah. Oh, it's just so cool. <laughs> Awesome. And then, as, as far as the future of the shows, that's a tough thing, man. It's hard to say. It's it's uh, you got I'm, a pretty good I'm, thing I'm, going already. We do have a good thing going, and, and we've grown every year. I'm nervous about the other promoters that are adding show after show after show. People get burnt out on it. It, 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 it just waters it down and ruins it for, for. And they don't realize it. It ruins it. Look at the, the, the old San Diego show. He ruined it for himself. He he became he was on top of the world for the longest time, and then he just ended up just burning out and fading out and, and it was his own doing if he'd have kept that thing fresh and once a year he'd been fine he'd right. still be here and we wouldn't even moved in it'd been like but it was it was prime for the taking you know right. and we would like to thank once again brian potter for sitting down with us taking time out of his busy schedule and speaking of busy we are going to speak with mr robert applegate of applegate reptiles next week he's going to talk to us about uh, the reptile industry as a whole uh, some of his thoughts and feelings about the Florida reptile ban, that whole thing, as well as Gila's, uh, Mexican beaded, and the whole king snake or milk snake genus, depending on who you are and what you want to talk about uh, within that realm. So once again, uh, we look forward to hearing your comments, feedback, anything you want to say. Uh, you can find us once again at www.reptileapartment.com. Mm-hmm. 